0: I am Grandpa, and I love you. I'm Grandma, and I love you, too. Welcome to our podcast, Grandpa and Grandma Bedtime Stories. We share some stories that will make you laugh. We share stories that might make you cry. And we share stories that will give you courage to choose the right. And these bedtime stories will help you to dream sweet dreams. So get on your pajamas and say your prayers. Turn out the light and hear our story tonight. If you remember in last week's bedtime story, I, Grandpa Edward Jeffrey Hill, went on a cruise with Grandma, Aunt Sarah, Nathan, and Booker to Nova Scotia, Canada in the fall of 2022. On October 14, 2022, Sarah, Nathan, Booker, and I went on an adventure to Piggy's Cove. Grandma stayed on the cruise ship to work on her book, Replenish. A nice taxi driver from Uzbekistan named Makishbek drove us from the dock in Halifax, Nova Scotia to a beautiful spot on the ocean named Peggy's Cove. This was a gorgeous rocky overlook of the Atlantic Ocean. There was a lighthouse there, but we walked far away from it so we wouldn't be around a lot of people. I got the dangerous idea that I wanted to swim in the Atlantic Ocean right there. I went to jump into the crashing waves, and Nathan and Booker tried to reason with me and talk me out of it because they thought it was too dangerous. But, impulsively and stubbornly, I decided I just wanted to swim in the Atlantic Ocean. I rationalized that it wouldn't hurt me, and I could do it just this once. I could swim in the ocean, have a good time, and then swim back without a problem. It wasn't dangerous, was it? As I moved towards the rocks by the crashing waves, Nathan and Booker both shouted one last time, Grandpa, don't do it. It's too dangerous. We would be so sad if you got hurt or drowned. What do you think I should do? Well, let's see what I did. I was still determined, and I walked right to the edge of the rock, and I paused for a moment before I jumped in. Right before I was going to jump, Booker and Nathan's words hit some logical part of my brain. What they said was true. I wasn't a good swimmer. I could only swim about 50 yards. The waves were crashing a lot. They might crash me into the rocks. And even if I didn't die, I could be hurt bad, and I certainly would be all wet and cold for the next hour. It was too dangerous. I realized it was just dumb. So I didn't jump into the ocean. Slowly, I turned around and walked back. Both Nathan and Booker came up to me. They were so happy. They hugged me tight. Here's something for you. If you are ever thinking about doing something that might be dangerous, even a little dangerous, it's a good idea not to be impulsive. Just stop and think about it. And it's always a good idea to talk about it with someone who cares about you. This can help you not do something really dumb that could hurt you. We walked back to Aunt Sarah. Booker and Nathan excitedly told her that I had almost jumped in the ocean. Sarah turned to me and said, What? Are you crazy? I replied, No, I am not crazy. But I almost did a crazy thing. I am so grateful that Booker and Nathan helped me to stop. After that, we enjoyed the beautiful day together. Booker and Nathan walked off a little ways and stood together and threw rocks into the ocean. Aunt Sarah and I stood together and talked about times when she was a kid and I was her dad. We had such a good family time together. I wanted the time to last and last. I just love Aunt Sarah and Booker and Nathan so much. Times together with family are the best, and I was so glad that when I wanted to be impulsive, Nathan and Booker were there for me. I could have drowned or got hurt bad if I had jumped into that ocean, like I foolishly wanted to. But the time passed, and sadly, it was soon time to meet our taxi and travel back to the cruise ship. We made our way back to the parking lot, and there was Makishbek from Uzbekistan waiting for us. On the drive back, we had a very interesting conversation about his life. We first asked him about how he came to America. He told us this story. He told us that for many years his country was ruled by a dictator. Do you know what a dictator is? It is a leader of the country who is not Elected by the people and who has total power over the people. These dictators are usually selfish and mean and treat people poorly. They love having total control and want to stay in power forever. In 1991, a dictator came to power in Uzbekistan named Islam Karamov. He was very mean to the people, he would not let them say what they really thought. He would make it hard to succeed in Uzbekistan unless you were strongly on his side. He would have elections and then make it so everyone had to vote for him or else suffer the consequences. In 2005, the people got fed up with and started a revolution to have a democratic government where the leader would be elected fairly. Thousands of people protested against the government. Our taxi driver, Makashbek, was one of those people who risked their lives so that there could be freedom in Uzbekistan. Well, the dictator Karimov didn't like that one bit. At first, he let the people protest. The protesters were surprised he didn't try to stop the demonstrations. He was usually so mean and would not tolerate dissent. However, instead of using force, he had his police disguised, taking pictures of everyone at the protest. Can you guess why he did that? You are right. The dictator Karamov wanted to make sure that everyone in the protest would get arrested and go to prison for a long time or even get killed. After a day of taking pictures, the police Turned on the protesters, including our taxi driver, and pushed them all into a place called Bober Square. This square is like a park surrounded by buildings, and there were only four roads out of the square. Karamov then brought in his army and blocked all the roads so the protesters had nowhere to go. They thought they were all going to get arrested. But then the army started shooting. It was a massacre. Mageshebek realized that he had to get out of there or he would be killed. He summoned all of his courage and all of his strength and ran as fast as he could right past the soldiers. There were so many people running that they couldn't shoot them all. Mageshebek didn't stop running for a long time. He joined with 430 other people who managed to escape and find a way to a refugee camp in Romania, which was a safe country. There, after a time, Canada agreed to let him come live as a refugee in Canada. Do you know what a refugee is? It is someone for whom it is not safe to return to their home country. Another country accepts them, and they become a refugee in that country. Mageshabek could be safe in Canada from Karamov. However, as we would find out later, he wasn't safe forever. Karamov and his people still had his picture, and they still wanted to get him. When we got back to Halifax, Mageshabek took us to a cemetery where some who drowned when the Titanic sunk were buried. The Titanic was the biggest cruise ship in the world and its owners told everyone it was unsinkable. But on its maiden voyage, its very first trip, it hit an iceberg and sank. The Titanic sunk on april fifteenth, nineteen twelve, more than a hundred years ago. One thousand five hundred seventeen people died, and only about seven hundred people were saved. Interestingly, 75% of the women and children survived, and only 20% of the men. I guess they were better swimmers. My dad, great-grandpa Edward Iring Hill, liked to play the accordion and sing a song about the Titanic. My mom, great-grandma Ladine Jones, hated that song. She said, Ed, don't sing that song ever again. But he would always sing it over and over again. <laughs> I will not sing that song now for you, but I might in a future episode. In the cemetery, we thought about all those people who drowned in the cold, icy waters of the Atlantic Ocean. I thought about how glad I was that I didn't do something impulsive and jump into the cold, icy waters of the Atlantic Ocean. I might have drowned, too. We got back into the car, and it was time to head back to the cruise ship. Mageshebek was driving toward the harbor, but then got a worried look on his face. We could see the cruise ship. We were about there, and we were excited to get back on and have dinner with Grandma and tell her about our adventures. But Mageshebek kept looking in the rearview mirror. Wow, he was very worried. He then kind of shouted, Hey, guys. We're going on another little adventure. I'm afraid you'll be a few minutes late back to the cruise ship. We didn't know what he was talking about. We were stopped at a stoplight, and in the car behind us, two ugly men with shaggy hair opened the doors and started running towards us. Mackischbeck stepped on the gas and went right through the red light and started speeding along the harbor front. The two ugly men with shaggy hair jumped back into their car, and they started speeding after us. Oh, no! Mageshebek turned sharply down a small street. The evil car with the ugly men with shaggy hair turned sharply, too, and followed us. Then Mageshebek turned sharply down a small alley. And the car with the ugly men with shaggy hair turned sharply down the alley, too. They kept following us. We went faster and faster. But then, to our horror, we saw the alley was a dead end. There was no place to go. Mageshebek slammed on the brakes, and we skidded to a stop right at the end of the road. The car with the ugly men with shaggy hair slammed on its brakes and stopped just before hitting Mageshebek's taxi. Now four ugly men with guns got out of the evil car and started shouting, "Megeshebek, we have been looking for you for 17 years. In the name of Karamov, we are here to exact revenge. We have you now. And then they pointed their guns at our friend. Then they saw Aunt Sarah, Nathan, Booker, and me. They told us if we wanted to be safe to run away back to our cruise ship and forget that this ever happened. We wanted to be safe, but we couldn't leave our friend Marek with these ugly men. They might put him into prison, or they might torture him, or they might even kill him. Friends don't leave friends when they are in trouble. But what could we do? I bet you know what we could do. As Mageshebek got out of the car and the four ugly men with guns started moving toward him, Booker took out a cool-looking whistle and started blowing it. When the ugly men heard the sound of the whistle, they glared at Booker and said, Stop that! Scat if you know what's good for you! Booker just laughed at them kept blowing the whistle. Now the ugly men with shaggy hair were really mad. They stopped moving toward Makashbek and started moving toward Booker. Oh, no, what's going to happen? Just then there was a boom, 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 and out of the sky dropped a very tangible mythical beast that we had seen honored two days before at the cryptozoology museum. Yes, you guessed it. It was Bigfoot. He landed on two of the men and scooped up the other two in his arms. He first grabbed all of their guns and threw them a hundred yards into the bay. Then he picked the four of them up, two in each hand, and held them very close to his face. He looked them in the eyes, one by one, with a very serious look. Then he spoke. You are not only ugly but you are doing bad things. Stop your evil ways. Leave these people alone. Don't you know that Karamov is dead? He died on September second, two 2016. The four men looked so surprised. Are you serious? Karamoff is dead? Bigfoot shook his head and then shook them a little. They pled with him. We were only doing this so Caramuff wouldn't kill us. We don't want to hurt anyone, really. Bigfoot said, that's no excuse. But I will let you go if you promise to never bother anyone else again. And please, please get a haircut. You look so ugly with that shaggy hair. They promised to never hurt anyone again, and to get a haircut, and to become law-abiding citizens and then they ran away. Makishbek was so surprised. He profusely thanked each of us and Bigfoot. In fact, he gave each of us a big hug and kissed us on the cheek. That's what they do in Uzbekistan. We got back in the car to return to the cruise ship. But wait, we couldn't go anywhere. Do you know why? The car of the ugly men with shaggy hair was right behind us. There was no room to get by. Bigfoot said, Do you need a little help? I said, We sure do. Then Bigfoot picked up their car and carried it to a parking lot nearby. Then he came back to say goodbye to us. He told us we were his friends and to always call on him when we needed help. That's what friends do. They help each other when they need help. Mageshabek drove us back to the cruise ship and we said goodbye to our new friend. We met Grandma for dinner at just the right time. She asked us if anything exciting had happened on our excursion. I responded, oh, not really, just the usual. And then we all laughed hard and we told her about all of our adventures. And that's the end of our Bigfoot story tonight. I hope you learn from this story not to be impulsive, especially when you think you want to do something that might be dangerous. And when you are thinking of doing something that might not be the best, please listen to people who care about you. And remember, friends help friends. Friends always help friends when they need help. Well, sweet dreams, chocolate cream, sleep tight. Don't let the bedbugs bite. I love you. We hope you enjoyed tonight's bedtime story. We hope you felt our love for you. And we hope you will have sweet dreams tonight. We love you so much.